Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Samantha Pauly, the actor who originated the role of Katherine Howard in Six, the musical on Broadway, just prior to the COVID-19 shutdown, and she's originally from the Quad Cities. Welcome, Sam. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. How are things, and where have you been quarantining? Um, things are pretty okay, you know, as, as good as they can be, you know, being stuck inside. Um, but I, I'm currently back in Chicago, uh, at my house. Um, I've lived here in Chicago for about five years. Um, but I've started out quarantining in New York mostly because, you know, we, like you said, we're running the show, things shut down abruptly and nobody knew really how long it was going to last. So I stayed there for about a month and a half and then, finally made the decision to rent a car and drive back to the Midwest. So I've been here back in Chicago for a little over three weeks now, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, it must have been an extraordinary experience to actually be in New York City during the time that the theaters were closed. I mean, this is really unprecedented. Yeah. It, um, you know, where, where I live in New York City is kind of like a, a weird in between neighborhood between like downtown Manhattan and um, Queens. So I'm already a little separated anyway. So once the shutdown happened, I didn't go back into Manhattan. I didn't go back into Times Square or the theater district. So I didn't really see, you know, any of that, all of these images and videos we've been seeing of like just empty Times Square and and stuff like that. Um, But it's, it, I I feel like I probably didn't experience like the hardcore New York City. I mean, everything's closed anyway, but, you know, I was kind of in my own little bubble just in my apartment. Um, But as soon as we had one nice day, one nice day of weather and everybody started going outside and not, you know, staying six feet apart, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get out of here so I can at least enjoy some nice weather at some point. The the musical that you were um, that you were in six the pre- previews began on February thirteenth and then it was scheduled to premiere March twelfth which I think might have been the exact same day the theaters were closed the yes. timing was just unbelievable yes um, and you know we it was really funny because it was almost like everything happened in a matter of. 24, 36 hours, you know, we, we had done our final preview the, the night before, and we had had a big company meeting with our producers just about like, oh, for the next 30 days, we're not going to have any backstage guests, uh, make sure you sanitize when you stage door, don't touch people's programs, just let them hold them out. And that was kind of it. Like there wasn't a, you know, a ton of, panic quite yet. And then all of a sudden the next day I, I was in a lift on my way back to my apartment to shower before going to the theater to get ready for our big opening night. And, um, a playbill article came out saying Broadway shutting down effective 
March 13th by 5 p.m. And so we all assumed because it was the 12th, like, we'll at least get to open and have our big party. Um, <laughs> but within about an hour, we all got um, an email and phone calls from producers and company managers that that they just had to pull the plug. They couldn't, you know, shut down all the other shows, but let us have one more. Um, it was kind of a universal decision between Actors Equity and the Broadway League to mm-hmm. nip it in the bud. Yeah. Well, you were previously cast as Catherine Howard, who was the fifth wife of Henry VIII for the U.S. premiere of Six, which was actually in Chicago. And it it had a successful run there before opening in New York. Uh, fill us in on the premise behind Six. What, what was the show about? Yeah. So Six is about um, the six wives of Henry VIII. It is just six women in the show. That's it. Um, and it's uh, 80-minute pop rock concert where each of these women take turns telling their true story about what actually happened during the time that they were married to Henry VIII um, until he either divorced them or, you know, had them beheaded. Um, But that's, I, that is, that's honestly, it It is just the six women. There is no Henry VIII. There is no one that plays that role. Um, And it's really fun because it, it really is like um, a, a pop concert. Each queen is loosely based on, on a pop star that, you know, is popular right now. Um, and that's it. It's 80 minutes, short and sweet, no intermission. Um, but that, that is, that is the premise. That is a general premise. And tell us a little bit about your character, who is Catherine Howard, because, um, she's not as well known as some of the other wives. Yeah. I, you know, Anne Boleyn is definitely the, the best known one. Um, and people know the, generally know the rhyme, divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Um, but even before I was cast, I didn't really know much about Catherine Howard. But like you said, she is the fifth wife. Uh, she is the other queen to have been beheaded. Um, but her time with Henry was pretty short. They were married for about a year and a half. He was in his 50s when she came to... Uh, be a lady in waiting in uh, the court, the royal court. And she was only 17. And he decided he wanted her and he wanted to marry her. And um, about a year and a half later, when she was about 19, he ordered to have her beheaded because um, all of this information came to light about her past, which at the time they considered infidelity um, her having been with a lot of different men, but the reality of it is that she was sexually abused and raped from the time she was about 12 years old until she died. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a really sad story. It's a very sad story. Not one, like you said, that many people know. Um, but that is, that is pretty much her story in a nutshell. She lived a a really, really hard life. Um, that never really had any, you know, any hope or, mm-hmm. or positivity. So it, it is, it is a sad story, but, um, but the nice thing about six is that I get to tell her side of it, you know, and, and let people know that that's actually not what, what you might think. Um, <laughs> right. You, the show you, as a whole. You had told me earlier that history is usually told from the point of view of men. And certainly mm-hmm. in Henry the eighth time, everything was centered 
around their, them and their particular perspective. Um, and the story of, of women could be altered by them and, and that her story is still really important today. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 uh, a really, a, a really great thing that I, I'm really proud that I get to tell her story because like you said, it's, it's one that people generally know based on what was written in history books that has always primarily been written by men. And the reason that it's important for us to be telling this story again now, not only Catherine Howard's, but all of the Queens, is that we have come a long way since then in terms of women's rights and how they're treated. But a lot of these things are still things that women are dealing with today. Catherine Howard's story in particular, um, my general message for her character and my overall takeaway for people when they come see the show um, is uh, it's about believing women, believing what they say when they say it, believing what they've gone through. Um, because, you know, even like you said today, it, it is still so easy for them to be silenced or shamed um, or ridiculed for finally, you know, telling people what they've been through. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's my big power statement for, for a sixth musical. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly a very relevant show in this day and age, and um, and it was written by several students. It sounded like sounded like from Cambridge University, so it started um, in Great Britain. Yeah, um, the show uh, originally started in the UK. It it started on the West End, um, and it's still running in the West End now. But it was written by uh, Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe uh, originally as a senior thesis project. Um, they, they were both studying history, um, at Cambridge and Toby went to Lucy and texted her one afternoon and was like, what if we like did a parody musical about the six wives of Henry VIII? Um, so they did it for this class project and then they ended up actually like writing a full show and that went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is a big theater festival that happens in Edinburgh every year in London and a a theater producer was there, saw the show and was like, you guys really have something. I think that this could be a hit. Um, So it's, you know, like you said it, yeah, it's, it started in London and it's, it's been running there ever since. And it's just been like an explosion. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't know much about it before it came here to Chicago, but I, I had a lot of people reaching out to me saying, this is a great show. You'd be great for the show. You have to audition. And I was like, I've never heard of this before in my life, but. (laughs) Well, you obviously did a great job. I wish I had seen it personally while you were in Chicago. Uh, Your ensemble, the group of six women playing the wives won a Jeff award for that, which I didn't realize also was, um, was the Chicago equivalent of a Tony award. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's obviously not as like big and fancy as the Tony awards, but it's, it's, um, Chicago theater awards for literally every category that, that would be at the Tony's pretty much. Um, but we were in Canada doing the show at the time when the, um, when the Jeffs happened. Um, so we didn't get to perform, but we won best ensemble, um, which was really cool. We were super excited. We were sad not to be there, but 
but cool to get to get recognized by the Chicago theater community for sure. Absolutely. And, and you, you briefly uh, took a break from the musical six to move to London. And there you played the title role in Evita on the West end. But you know, the character of Ava Perone who you played was so different from Catherine Howard. You were now playing a woman who controlled other people rather than being the one who was victimized. And was, was that an empowering experience for you? Yeah. And, and, you know, this, this was my fourth time doing Evita, but my third time playing the role. Um, it's one, it's just, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. The score is beautiful. Um, and it's one that I will always go back to. If anybody asks me, do you want to do Evita here? I'll be like, yeah, why not? Um, but I was really excited about this one because it was a very stripped down version. Um, not many costumes, no set changes. Um, I didn't really wear any makeup, didn't have to do my hair. It just focused on the story. Um, which is it, which is great in any other production because like you said, you do you do see this powerful woman and how she was controlling people and and what she was capable of doing. Um so it's always cool to, you know, it was really cool to to go from six um to step back into Ava. Um, but also stepping away and doing that allowed me to discover a lot of things within myself about vulnerability and weaknesses that I had and strengths that I had that I was able to access, um, and then bring back, uh, with me to the U S when I came back to six in the fall. Mm -hmm. She was such a complex character as really, I'm sure all the wives were of Henry the eighth. And, um, that's, to me, something that would be so extraordinary being an actor like you are, you get to jump into these other characters and, and learn a lot about them. And I suppose really come to empathize with, with each of your characters. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's especially doing Evita. I think that a lot of times people have a tendency to see it and see oh, she really cared about all the poor people and she did this and this and that for all these people. She was so great. She was a saint. I mean, Santa Evita, like that is what she was known as. Um, But this particular production I did last summer focused on her strengths and weaknesses as a whole. And it really, for us and for me, even having done the show and knowing her history um, really shed a light on how human she was. We really humanized her and all of the other characters in the show she did some great things, but she also did some, some really awful things. And the way we mapped out the show was um, her looking back at her life from the outside. It was kind of like one big flashback looking at the good things she did and also the really awful things she did, um, which we had a lot of audience members by the end of the run saying, wow, I, I did not realize how ruthless she was and how how intense she could be and that maybe she wasn't that great of a person, but, but that's also, you know, the magic of theater. We take these stories and, and we kind of shine a light on, on the things that the people might not otherwise see or, or want to see. Mm -hmm. Well, she certainly had to be strong to become a cultural icon in, in, in Argentina, which is a very male dominated society, particularly around mid century. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know, there's a lot of speculation as to when theaters in general and and um, and Broadway might 
reopen. What have you been hearing about that? Um, we, we aren't updated, you know, as, as often as, as I think most of us would like to be, but that's, that's only because our producers and company managers are truly in, in the same boat that we are. They are only updated as, as often as we are. And as soon as they hear something, they tell us what's going on. But at least from things that I've read, um, theaters, especially theaters in New York City, Broadway theaters will be some of the very last things to open um, because people have to sit in such close proximity to each other. Actors on stage aren't able to social distance. You know, we could bring people back into a theater and have them sit every other seat, make masks required, take people's temperatures before they come in deep clean the entire theater. But at the end of the day, the actors on stage are still not protected because we can't wear masks when we sing. We are sweating, we are singing and projecting. And, you know, so there's not a lot of protection for us on stage. Um, So all we know right now is that theaters are closed until about September. Um, That by no means is a a hard, fast date for when we will be coming back. That is only a date up until when people can get refunds for tickets that they've purchased. Um, I read an interesting article the other day uh, that was an interview with the president of the Broadway League who kind of makes all of these decisions. And she was saying she's hopeful for January, um, which is really hard to hear um, because that is almost a year since we started and, you know, on Broadway, that's about the time that my first year contract with the show was supposed to be coming to an end. So, um, I guess that's kind of what I am preparing myself for. Um, only because then, you know, if we come back sooner, I can be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, the shutdown has disproportionately affected our artists, um, you know, including, of course, actors, performers, musicians. There are just so many, like you said, unique aspects to theater that make an earlier opening not not very feasible. And and people in the audience also need to feel confident that the people they're sitting next to would here to, you know, to, to adhere to the safety protocols. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've been busy since <laughs> since the shutdown. One of, and one of your projects has been recording a song a day on Instagram. So you're, you're still out there. Did you ever think you would be releasing so many of these? Oh, my God. No, I kind of, I did it um, on a whim a couple days into when quarantine started. I was like, oh, maybe for like a couple weeks, I'll, I'll sing just a little snippet of a song every day and I'll only post it to my story. Um, and within the first three days I had just posted it straight to my feed and I did more of a song than I had planned to. And everybody just kind of went crazy for it. And since then I was like, I guess it would give me something to do if I took requests, picked one song every day, tried to post it at the exact same time every day. Um, and, you know, there are definitely plenty of days where I'm like, ugh, I don't want to sing today. But there are also days where, like, I sit down and I just do five songs at one time. So then I can, like, post them throughout the week. Um, but it's been really cool. It's been cool to have a break from six music and get to sing other things that I might not ever sing or might, you know, not 
have ever sung before if I didn't take the time to learn it, but it's definitely keeping me busy. Um, and it's fun to like put on a funny costume or just like sing it and make mistakes. You know, I'm not trying to be perfect and not trying to, to have perfect technique every time. I'm just letting people see what I do every day to stay sane. Yeah. Well, they are hilarious because you, you give a lot of other commentary besides singing <laughs> tips on <laughs> tips on vocal performance and you're sitting on a bed. I, I think it's in your guest bedroom. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, well, I started them in New York and I, there I have like a really nice big window in my bedroom. So I have like great sunlight and I have a TV that, that like connects to YouTube that I can play all these tracks. And once I came back to Chicago, I was like, well, I guess the closest thing is our guest room. So we have a window. And so I just tried to set it up where I can just sit and be super casual about it. I'm like, not, you know, not giving the acting, acting performance of my life. I'm just... <laughs> singing the thing, giving funny anecdotes. Well, let's listen to one of your daily Instagram recordings. With Henry, it isn't easy. His temper's short and his friends are sleazy. Except for this one courtier. He's a really nice guy, just so sincere. The royal life isn't what I planned. But Thomas is there to lend a helping hand. So sweet, make sure that I'm okay. And we hang out loads when the king's away. This guy finally is what I want the friend I need. Just friends, no chemistry. I get him and he gets me and there's nothing more to it. How would you describe your voice, Samantha? Um, I definitely classify myself as a, a belter, um, which if anybody listening doesn't know what that means in terms of the theater world, think of people like um, like Patti Lapone, who is known for like that big, strong, chesty voice that is like a belt sound. Um, that's primarily what I do, primarily what I get hired to do. I am definitely not somebody who is like getting hired to be a five foot seven dancer in the ensemble. That is, <laughs> that is not my path in life and I have come to accept it. Um, but yeah, that is, that's definitely my, my style. Definitely a theater belter. Well, we last saw you perform here in the Quad Cities in Legally Blonde at Circa 21, and that that was back in 2012. What was that experience like in in local community theater for you? Oh, it was so much fun. Um, It was, it actually kind of like strangely landed right in my lap. I I was at like a theater audition conference where you can go as an actor and audition with all like 50 different theater companies in the room at one time in a big conference room, you sing for 90 seconds and then you get called back to all these different theaters. And Circa 21 was one of them. And I, I went to the callback thinking like, Oh, this isn't, this is in Rock Island. This is, I, I've gone here so many times with my grandma. That's like one of her favorite things. Um, so it was cool to then be back at home and, and, do that show, a show that I'd always wanted to do. It was so much fun. And to have friends and family who might never have seen me perform otherwise, you know, cause I've been in Chicago and kind of all over the place. Um, so it was, it was really special. And that was right when I graduated college too. So that was a really great way for me to like 
kick off my professional career. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was really special. Absolutely. And when did you, when did you graduate from Pleasant Valley and what were you involved with musically during high school? I graduated in 2008. So if anyone wants to do the math about how old I am, <laughs> feel free. Um, but young, very young. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> um, um, but I kind of got started in theater a little late. I, I sang in choir in junior high and all throughout high school. Um, but I didn't start doing theater semi-seriously until the end of my junior year of high school. I auditioned for the spring musical on a whim and I just loved it. I had a lot of fun. And then, like I said, I got started late. And so I was kind of behind everybody else I knew had already decided what colleges they wanted to go to and what their major was going to be. And so my senior year was spent figuring out, okay, where can I still audition? Where can I still apply? Or how can I get better at this before I go off to college? Um, but that's kind of, that's pretty much how I got started. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you attended Viterbo University in La Crosse, Wisconsin. What degree yeah. did you obtain there? I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Music Theater with a minor in Dance. And dance, you know, is such an important part. I always think of singing and acting, but in the roles you've had that you've landed, you you, you really have to have like that trio of skills, including dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, you know, not everybody has to. I know so many people who consider themselves more of a mover, like they can keep up, but they're, you know, not going to be in a featured, a dance feature in the middle of a number. Um, But I, I had kind of taken a break from dancing when I went to college. We had a certain number of required dance courses and credits and I just, I really got back into it and I... I ended up getting the dance minor just simply because I had taken so many dance courses at that point that my, one of my dance teachers was like, well, you might as well just fill out the paperwork and then you can have a minor in dance too. So if you want to use that later, you can. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it, it really is an important component. I know I also, on the other end of that, know a lot of people that, that are primarily dancers in music theater that are not the greatest singers that are always reaching out to their singer friends to be like, I have to audition for this show, but what could I sing? I don't know what to sing. I don't. So there's, you know, theater is all over the place. And then there are some people that only act, you know, that don't really sing, but they try their best. It's theater is truly all encompassing. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you're performing on stage, it must be exhilarating, but there have to be so many challenges too. What, what's been one of the more difficult aspects of your career that people may not know or even think about? Um, I think that particularly for a show like Six, um, like I said before, it's, it's like an 80-minute pop rock concert where none of us ever leave the stage. And if we do, we all leave at the same time and come back at the same time. And our breaks are maybe... 15 seconds off stage. Um, so for a show like that, we are, even if it's not our solo song that we're singing, everybody else is still in the background being like a backup dancer and singer. Um, so for a show like that, it, this has probably been the most challenging one I've done because 
we are doing all of that. It is like high cardio nonstop for 80 minutes, singing super high, belting for our lives, dancing in everybody's number. We're in three and a half, four inch heels on stage in costumes that are made out of a lot of plastic and like PVC and like bone, like metal boning. Um, so it's all of that together. I think, you know, people might come see the show and be like, Oh, it's like fun. Or like the dancing doesn't look that hard, but <laughs> that's good because we must be making it look easy, but, <laughs> but we're really up there, you know, almost falling over, you know, by the end, my knees are killing me or my, my back goes out or it's, it's deceptively hard. It's a lot harder than I think people probably mm-hmm. realize. Well, and that's the magic. You make something that's so difficult look look easy and fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for talking today. And I certainly hope that your Broadway career restarts as soon as it's safe for all of us to be in theaters again. Me too. We will be back. I am, I am sure of that. Six will definitely be back. Samantha Polly is an actor best known for originating the role of Katherine Howard in Six the Musical on Broadway, as well as her portrayal of Ava Perone in Jamie Lloyd's critically acclaimed London revival of Evita. She's originally from the Quad Cities. And you can listen to any of her songs of the day on Instagram at Sam Pauly, and that's P-A-U-L-Y. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.